Well, thank you, Mel, for that introduction. Hello again. You know, before I um, talk on uh, and start this new series, as Rich and I were discussing earlier, I want to just highlight something which is coming up this Friday the 13th. You may be aware, uh, some of you, that Friday the 13th has been called a national day uh, of prayer and fasting. Many churches throughout the UK will be joining together as we seek God's face. And as a movement, you may know we're part of the Vineyard Churches uh, within uh, the UK and Ireland, and of course Vineyard is, uh, you know, across the globe. We will be joining on the 13th to pray and to fast. And so I'd encourage you to uh, join as a church as we, as we participate in that. Here's a URL, and it'll be in the chat window as well where you can go and give your email address and sign up. Uh, this is the Vineyard Church's UK homepage, and they will send you information and resources that will help you and some prayer points on how you can pray on Friday. I think it's a fantastic thing for us to be doing, and boy, if there's ever a time to pray, now is the time, hey? We do genuinely live in unprecedented times, and uh, we need to seek God's face, uh, continue to seek God's face in this hour. Well, um, here we are. We do uh, have a new series coming up, as I mentioned uh, earlier, as Richard and I were chatting. Uh, the rest of the team will be uh, involved in this series uh, speaking. Uh, Richard is up next week as he continues. But I'm going to do uh, the start and do a bit of foundation setting uh, for this series. And, um, you know, uh, rather than at the start of the talk, give an overview of what the series is. I'm going to wait until the end. I'm going to use this teaching to do that. And also what I want to do is actually take a thread from the previous series that we just finished and just build on something that I mentioned last week. Now, for those of you who saw or heard my talk last week, it was uh, an epilogue on the His Story series, and we looked at the hero of the story, Jesus. And we looked at Colossians 1, uh, verse 15 and onwards, that wonderful passage around the supremacy of Christ. And what we learned is that, uh, you know, that it is through him and it is for him and all things are sustained by him. And we looked at how Jesus is the centre of it all. And what I shared was that in this season that we're in and it's very much, is it not, a bit like the, the sun when it's that burning hot and scorching. You know, I remember when uh, Steph and I lived in Australia, we did so for about seven years, and uh, I remember we were, um, Steph was about to have uh, Lucy, heavily pregnant, um, and um, it was probably 43 degrees. It was very hot, and our uh, air conditioning unit had packed up. Uh, such was the intensity to the heat, and such was how old our air conditioning unit was. And so we decided for that night we would check into a hotel and avail ourselves of some good quality air conditioning, as, as one does. But I, you know, I remember vividly, and I know Steph will remember this too, as we were driving there, <clears throat> we got out the car, and it was like walking into an oven. You could sometimes hardly breathe. You know, you might have experienced it when uh, such a thing as, you know, when you go on holiday and you arrive at uh, some tropical climb and you, you come out the aeroplane, it's like the heat hits you. And I think for many of us, this season is, is akin to that, really. There are moments where it just feels so, so intense that it's almost difficult to breathe. And, and I feel that sometimes. I feel the heat. 
And so I looked at, we looked at Psalm 1 and it says, you know, uh, blessed is the man or woman who, uh, who delights themselves in the law. And we looked at the fact that as New Covenant believers, as Jesus has fulfilled that law, that we delight ourselves in him, in Jesus, and meditate on him day and night. And Psalm 1 says that those that, that do so are, are, are rooted, uh, trees that are rooted by streams of living water, so that it bears fruit in its season. And it, even though it's hot, it doesn't wither. And, uh, you know, I want to take that thread and unpack that a little bit more this morning because, you know, we, we are going to have to, you know, we, we can get through this, but we do so by running to Jesus and, and being with him and abiding in him. And so we looked last week, I just touched on the fact that a mirror of that is uh, John 15, abide in the vine, that allegory of how we are the branches and Jesus is the vine. And so what I'd like to do uh, this morning as a way of starting the series is I'd like us actually to dive into John 15 a little bit more. Because for us, it's going to help us understand a little bit about how we can get through these tough times. But equally, the call of God upon us as we, um, as we proclaim the gospel of, 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 of uh, peace to, to others. And so what this uh, allegory does, uh, does that for us. And so that's what I want us to do this morning. Why don't you uh, get your Bibles? I have mine here. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to look at John 15. It's going to be on the screen as well. And it's chapter, so chapter 15, we're going to read from verses 1 to 8. So why don't we do that together? Jesus, this is Jesus' words, he says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now in other translations that word gardener is rendered vine dresser, which is a lovely word. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must re remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish <clears throat> and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I'd like to pray right now. Lord, I ask that as we study your word together as a family, Lord, that you would expound your word to us that the truths that are here would sink deep into our hearts. Lord, would you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would anoint me afresh to preach your word. Strengthen me, I ask, and anoint the words that you have placed on my heart, I ask, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well... What I want to do first is just look at who the characters are in this allegory um, and then uh, our part in that. The second thing I want to look at is really the focus of, uh, of this, which is about how we bear fruit and lastly, how we abide in him. 
So, you know, what I love about this story is it does such a lovely uh, job, if you like to use that phrase, of um, putting that picture together for us of that triune God, the, you know, the, the, the Trinity, God three in one. You see all the characters of the, uh, are in this story. You see you have God the Father as the vine dresser. You know, uh, probably just over 20 years ago, my uh, cousin and I, uh, he was, uh, they had a, a home in Switzerland and I, I flew in there and we drove over the border and we thought, why not go and drive around some of the vineyards in the Burgundy region, which was nearby. And uh, for those of you who know your wine, you'll know that uh, Pinot Noir comes uh, predominantly from the Burgundy region. Uh, lovely Pinot Noir uh, grapes make a lovely drop. And so uh, we did a bit of a tour and went around the, vineyard, the vineyards. Maybe that was a, a prophetic day for me. Here I am, a pastor in the vineyard church. But anyway, uh, we did a tour around all the different vineyards. And you know, one of the things that struck me at the time was just so how perfectly, uh, you know, in line all these, all these, these vines were. They, they seemed to be kept so meticulously. Uh, you know, there wasn't a branch out of shape. And what was interesting was that you had the vine dresser there every day, every moment, tending to the vines. You see, the vines are not a set and forget type of crop. You know, where we live, there's some fields around with, uh, with crops and uh, um, rapeseed and other bits, and you, they, they kind of just grow up, and then the, the farmer kind of leaves them, and then near harvest time, he comes to get them. But not with, not with vines, you see, because they need to be tended every day, every moment. <clears throat> and that is th what the Father is like with you and I. He is tending to us every moment of the day. He is constantly there with us. And, uh, you know, what the, the, the vine dressers do are really principally three things. The first thing is that the vine dresser prunes the vines in order that they bear as much fruit as possible and good fruit. Now, what's interesting about pruning, I've done a bit of research. I, I'm not a gardener, by the way. I, I know there's many green fingers of you out there. Um, give me a plant and it won't last long. But um, what I do know about pruning uh, with vines is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. They don't just lob off the top and expect it all to grow. Some of you gardeners will know that the best way to prune is you look at the plant and you work out what's best pruning for that particular shape, for its position. And so what the vine dresser will do is study those branches and work out how. He knows exactly how to prune them at the right place at the right time. And what he does, he removes, you see, um, uh, where there might be fruit, but that it hasn't developed fully or fruit that might be going bad. He gets rid of that in order to make space, in order that it grows more fruit. That is always the intention. And so, you know, don't we get pruned sometimes in our own lives? You know, they may not be necessarily bad things. It might be that God says, you know, that season of what you did there, that was great. But now I want you to move into a new season because I want you to bear fruit in a new way. Or indeed, you might be in a testing time at the moment where the circumstances around you are really revealing where your trust lies. And that's part of God's way of pruning us and, and taking some of those things away from us or allowing them to be taken in order that you can grow in him and bear more fruit. And so while pruning is not always fun, isn't it? In fact, most of the time it's painful. There is an intentionality about the vine dresser. 
in order that it bears more fruit. And so I want to encourage you and just say, if you are in a season now where you are feeling like God is pruning you, there are things that he has taken away from you in this time. There are things that you're not able to do that once you did. Maybe that is because God is pruning you to make space and to grow you. That perseverance that you're having to walk through is building character, as it says in the Bible, in order that you can bear more fruit. So that's the first thing that the vine dresser does. That's the first thing that Father God is doing with each one of us. The second thing that the vine dresser does is uh, pest control. <laughs> Keeps away the pests. These pests are always wanting to attack the vine and the fruit. And so the vine dresser knows how to protect the vine. And it doesn't mean that all the pests are eradicated. We get bombarded, don't we? But it means that the vine dresser is tending to that in order that the vine doesn't die completely. And so our Father God is aware of the difficulties that we're going through, but he is there to protect us. He will not leave us nor forsake us, as the word says. And I, want, I hope that encourages you and brings you comfort um, that the vine dresser, your heavenly Father, is there. He's there in a pest control procedure right now and um, you might necessarily, not necessarily sit at the moment but the fruit of that work the Lord is doing in your life will come to fruition and the third thing what else does a vine dresser do well irrigation water you see if the vines don't have enough water then they can wither they, they, the vines themselves can get sunburned or what happens is, very interestingly enough, if there's not enough water, the vines will still grow, the branches will grow, but they will be very immature and bear immature fruit. Isn't that interesting? You know, does it not say in the scriptures that, um, that, 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 uh, that we can access those streams of living water as we spend time in his presence? And, you know, Richard and I earlier in the service were talking, Richard mentioned about Isaiah 55, come all who are thirsty. And that is the promise of the Father, that those living waters will satisfy us, will grow us, will provide everything that we need in order to bear fruit. And so there you go. Uh, we've seen the, the vine dresser, but we also see in this allegory, don't we? We see the vine itself, Jesus. You know, Jesus is the center uh, of it all. And we looked at that last week, didn't we? That, that we have been created um, through him, you know, uh, for him, and by, we are sustained by him. You see, the branch cannot exist unless it is united with the vine. And you see, that is Jesus, and we're going to unpack that in a moment. But lastly, we see the Holy Spirit. How? Well, the Holy Spirit, you see, is the sap that goes from the vine into the branches. It is the Holy Spirit, you see, that brings the very life of Jesus into our lives. The very peace, the very love, all of those things into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit who makes available the life of Jesus into us. See, here's the thing. Um, when we die with Christ, you know, baptism is a, is a symbolic act of what, what it means to follow Jesus, that we die with him we die to our old self and we are risen again anew a new creation in Christ Jesus 
We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you see what happens is we are the branch in the vine. And the life of Jesus, the, uh, the vitality of Jesus comes through into us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I loved, uh, at school, I, uh, I loved biology. I, I used to love all the experiments and all that kind of stuff, but I always remember um, when I was studying for my GCSE, this word osmosis. Maybe some of you might know what that is, but it's osmosis is the, the transfer of the, of the, of the, the sap, the water from, from the roots through into the vine, into the branches. And you see the branch hasn't, doesn't have to do anything in order to pull the, the, the water in. By osmosis, it knows how to supply the water into the branches. It detects almost when the branch uh, has a, is in need of water. And it does that by balancing the, the, the levels. It's amazing how it works. The water goes through the cells and it just flows through. You see, we do not have to cajole or pull or be fervent and, and, uh, and, um, and try and extract. <laughs> We just need to abide, and we're going to look at that later. And as we abide, the sap comes into us that enables us to bear fruit. And so what I love about this uh, allegory is that it just, as I said, so beautifully shows God the Father and how he tends to his vine and tends to us. And Jesus, how he is the center of it all and how we are in union with him and the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit brings the life of the vine, it brings the nutrients, it brings the life into the branches. But of course, uh, we are also represented, are we not, in this allegory. We are the branches. And the focus of this is not about how great the branches are, actually, it's about the fruit of the branches, isn't it? You see, the role or function, if you like, of us is to bear fruit. You know, I remember as I was growing up, uh, my, uh, my father's uh, uh, parents, so my, my, my um, uh, paternal grandfather and grandmother, they, in their garden they had these two huge apple trees. They were wonderful. And I remember there'd always be a point in the year where we, myself and my brother, um, and then my cousins, would, would come over and the, the apples were ready for, for collecting. And they would start dropping and we would try and reach up as far, my brother and I tried to uh, climb the trees and, and I'm sure my, my grandfather had one of those implements that could get the apples down and we used to get the, uh, the big kind of baskets and collect them. And I remember it was like you, you would just hold it and it almost just come into your hands. You didn't have to yank at it. It, you know, it was, it was made to, to freely give, freely give the fruit. And what was the fruit there for? It was not for the enjoyment of the branches of the apple tree. You know, it didn't bear the fruit for itself. You, you don't see a, um, a, a, a fruit tree eat its own fruit. No, it is there to give nourishment and enjoyment and uh, sweetness, depending on the fruit, of course, to those around it to freely give that fruit. And as the fruit came off, it was ready for the next season to give more fruit. And you know, Jesus was intentional in saying that we, we bear fruit. We don't bear that fruit for ourselves. We bear it for people that are around us. That we willingly bear fruit, that it is that ripe fruit that's ready, that will bless people around us. You know, what, what, what is that fruit then? Well, Galatians 5, 23, 
peace, love, forbearance, kindness, self-control, etc., etc. But you see, that fruit of the Spirit has an outworking. You see, as we, as we experience his love and his peace and his forbearance, that has an outworking in acts of righteousness to others. That is the fruit that we bless others with. You know, I was speaking to someone this week, and we were talking about church and, and talking about different people, and she said, you know, I was reminded of someone that, um, you know, I used to, to see, and I haven't heard from them for a while, and, you know, I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me just to give them a call. And so I called them, and uh, I was able to have a conversation with them, and they told me everything that was happening. I was able to pray with them. That's a fruit. Speaking to someone else who was talk, re re recollecting to me a story of how um, they just took the time out to listen to someone and was just kind towards someone and how that made that person's day. I've had so many other stories where people as a family decided to bless other families by making food or um, lots of different things. And I know you have your own stories. These are the fruits that we are to bear for others. You see, we haven't been created just to uh, enjoy the fruit on our own. In fact, you know, I remember for the fruit that was never picked started to go bad, you know, it dropped on the floor, it wasn't used. No, this fruit is, is, is created, the fruit that we are to bear is created for others. And you know, it's in this season that we need to ask the question, who has God placed me around that I can bless with? Lord, what fruit in me can bless someone else? What sweetness can I give to someone? What kindness can I show? And, you know, the other thing I want to point out about, about this is that it says that we bear fruit for the glory of God. That's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, going back to my story of my cousin and I as we were visiting all those vineyards, vineyards, you know, you'd, go, you'd look at the vineyards and then you'd go into uh, that cellar or wherever it might be and the, the vine dresser and the rest of the team would proudly bring out their wine and, and they'd pour a little bit and you would smell it, you know, some of you I'm sure have done wine tasting and they'd give you a little bucket to spit it in and you ding, and all that stuff and you go, wow, that's got a beautiful bouquet, it had hints of this, that and the other. Now, there were some really nice wines. Now, I, my cousin and I never said, wow, they are some seriously good branches. <laughs> no, what we said was, wow, you guys have done an amazing job. That vine dresser knows what he's doing. That person tending to the vines has done a really great job. You know, the thing about vines is if you don't tend them, if you don't prune them, if you don't uh, ensure they have a trellis thing to grow up to, they just go, well, they just don't do much. In fact, they grow a bit and they lopside. We need the vine dresser for us. But here's the point, you see. As we bless others with our fruit, it's there to bring glory to God. Wow. We are there to reflect the glory of God. It's not about how great we are. It's not about how I've solved it for somebody. It's not about that, this, and the other. It's about... It's about expressing who Jesus is in, in word and deed, isn't it? It's about proclaiming the good news of Jesus in word and deed. And so as we do, it brings glory to the Father. Wow, I want to hear more about this God that you've talked about. 
I just love that. I love the, this allegory that Jesus gave about us being the branches and the fruit. Now, the third thing I want to look at then is another central theme. We are here to bear fruit, as we've looked at, for the glory of God, to bless others. So the question is, you know, where has God placed you? Who can you bless with your fruit? But the other central theme here is that we are to abide in Jesus. We are to abide in the vine. In fact, it says in here that you can do nothing if you do not abide in the vine. Nothing of eternal worth, nothing of eternal value will ever happen if you do not abide in Jesus. And in fact, it says here, doesn't it, that, that the vine dresser looks out for those branches that don't bear fruit. You see, we bear fruit by simply abiding in Jesus. Now I say simply, and as I said those words, I'm like, well, it's, it's not that simple, but yes, it is at the same time. You know, we have a choice to make. Do we want to abide in Jesus? Now, what does that look like? It means trusting in him, believing in him. You know, do you abide in, in his truth and, and what he says about you, that you're a son and daughter of the Most High, that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you? Do you believe and trust in him that he has plans and purposes for you? Or do you abide in the, the lies of the world, of fear? I battle with this. I, I, um, my thought pattern sometimes, you know, I can go down this melancholy route and I recognise that propensity in me. And what I find is very quickly I'm starting to abide in, in, in what other, other people say uh, and not in what Jesus says about me. You see, abiding in Jesus is about having fellowship with him, communion with him. How can we do that? We, we pray. Prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of intercession, interceding for others, prayer of supplication. What does supplication mean? It means requests. It says in, in verse 9 um, that we are to remain in him, and that in verse 16 it says, ask, and, uh, ask God and it will be given. There's an expectation from our Father that we will come to him with requests. And that is a part of abiding in him. It's recognising that he is... Uh, all sufficient, that he is our provider, and as we abide, we come to him in prayer. But you know, ultimately, a great way of looking at abiding is to rest in his love. That's what it said, I mentioned that earlier. Remain in my love, verse 9. Be still and know that I am God. Abided in him is about us intentionally, and that's why I said it's simple and yet it's not, because we need to make a choice to abide. It's sometimes easier, isn't it, to abide in the world. In, and I struggle with that. It's like, no, if I'm going to walk this walk, if I'm going to abide in him and bear fruit, I need to make a choice to stay with him. You know, at the very start of this chapter, it says, I am the true vine. Why did Jesus say, I am the true vine and not I am the vine? Because there are counterfeit vines out there. Who are you plugged into at the moment? Which vine are you plugged into? Where are you getting your, the sap from? Where's your energy from? And for me, this is a very challenging word because uh, as I referenced earlier, as I experienced the, the scorching sun of this time, and it hasn't been easy, 
the times that I feel that I'm most susceptible to the lies of the enemy, to fear, to anxiety, to all those things, is when I recognize that I've kind of slightly shifted out of abiding in Jesus and his truth and his word and having fellowship and praying with others and, and, and being in his word and, and just being still and knowing, soaking in him that I've shifted away from that and I'm abiding in the world. I'm abiding in the narrative of the world, which is fear, fear, fear. I'm abiding in, in um, entertainment, which, and there's nothing wrong with entertainment, but I'm fine, I'm spending more time just watching silly stuff on the TV when actually I should be soaking myself in his word. And so as Christians, when we walk this walk, it does say in the scriptures, it's a narrow path. We need to recognize that we need to make a choice. We do need to be intentional that make, abiding in Christ is something we need to make a decision to say, I want to abide in him, in the true vine. Because it's as we abide in the true vine that we can bear fruit for others. And you see, that is what we're going to be exploring over these next few weeks, is equipping us on how we can abide in Jesus and how therefore we can bear fruit for other people. Because this is the time that we have to really get deeply rooted into Jesus in order that we cannot wither in the, in the scorching sun and in order that we can bear fruit for others. So what we're going to do now uh, as we end, I'm just going to pray. If you want to respond to that word and say, yes, Lord, I want to abide in you, the true vine, and Lord, I want to bear fruit for others around me, for the glory of God, to bless others. Then just put your hand up virtually wherever you are. And I'm going to um, pray for you now. Lord, I want to thank you that you are the true vine, Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, that by your precious blood that was shed on Calvary as we have celebrated communion today, as we remembered that sacrifice, it means that we can be united with you and part of God's family. And I ask for all of those who have responded this morning, said yes to that question of will you abide in the true vine? Lord, I pray that this would be a season of much richness, much peace, much joy, much love, and a season of an abundance of fruit. Lord, I ask that in these coming weeks you would just reveal new truths to us, that Holy Spirit, you would breathe life into us, and that, Lord, you would give us opportunity to bless those around us. Lord, I ask this in your name, and I ask, Lord, that as we become rooted in you, Jesus, I pray that indeed, as your word says, that we would not wither, that we would get through this scorching sun at this time. Because it is hot outside, Lord, and we need your life in us, Lord, to bring refreshment. So come, I pray, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to end the service here. Don't forget this Friday the 13th, National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Um, uh, do sign up for that. Here's the URL again. You can go and put your email address and Vineyard UK will send you information around that.
Uh, as you guys know, at the start of the service, the prayer team uh, pray and uh, they seek God's words of knowledge. There they are in the chat uh, there if you're on a tablet or PC, under there if you're on a mobile device. If any of those resonate with you, then please do get prayer. The prayer team are ready and waiting. would love to pray with you. May the Lord bless you. May his face shine upon you. Would he be gracious towards you? May his face be turned towards you. And would you know his perfect peace? And everyone said, Amen. Bless you guys and see you soon.